This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, it's all over, but the hoopla on the convention floor. Last night, Donald Trump won the Indiana primary in a landslide, and his closest challenger, Ted Cruz, dropped out of the race. The Republican Party poobahs, who have reportedly been trying hard to stop the Trump train, finally admitted that he is their presumptive nominee for the upcoming presidential election. What does it mean for us here in Canada? I want to hear from you. The numbers 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740 on Twitter at FightbackLibby, fightback at zoomer.ca. And right now, I'm going to be talking to Michael Diamond, campaign strategist and political commentator with the Upstream Strategy Group. Hi, Michael. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. So uh, was this uh, a surprise last night? The scale of the Trump win was the polling had been quite all over the place, and his lead was between 15% and 2%. And what we've seen in previous primaries is that Donald Trump has underperformed often on his polling numbers. So if it was really a two- to five-point race, it would have been conceivable that Ted Cruz could have won based on his superior organizational uh, skill and ground game. But uh, it was obviously a bigger lead than that, and uh, the Bobby Knight endorsement uh, paid uh, huge dividends for uh, Donald Trump last night. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are watching this with their mouths open and and then they're saying first they were saying he could never win the nomination, now they're saying he could never win the election and I'm thinking people, you know, open your eyes and look at this. You know, it looks like this thing is happening. All of the wise people have been wrong since Donald Trump got into this uh, race in June. And, you know, I, I'm not going to consider myself a wise person, but I've certainly been a wrong person when it comes to Donald Trump each and every way. And to underestimate him would be uh, very foolish. He's taken down a lot of seasoned uh, politicians uh, who've had tough races in the past, like Jeb Bush, who he brilliantly destroyed. And to think that he couldn't do that to Hillary Clinton, who's a very baggaged politician herself, would be uh, foolish. Okay, I I certainly agree with that. You know, I know on this show when we've talked about this before, there are actually a lot of a lot of Donald Trump fans out there, and you know we want to hear from you. And also, if you don't like Trump and if you think he might be dangerous for Canada, four one six three six zero zero seven forty or toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. I'm on the line with Michael Diamond. So, what about us in Canada? Because he, he keeps talking about ripping up trade deals and making them more favorable and his art of the deal. Uh, it, 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 would this be a huge problem? 
You know, I think there's a few scenarios for Canada. One, uh, every election cycle we see uh, Americans on either side of the spectrum say they're going to move to Canada, so we might get a huge influx of uh, refugees from the United States. We might. Need I to hope be the we one. check them better than we're checking the others. Well, you know, we might need to be the ones who build the wall to keep the Americans out, so maybe Donald Trump can uh, help get Mexico to pay for this wall for us also. But uh, beyond that, Donald Trump has definitely uh, had a lot of rhetoric on the campaign, uh, anti-trade rhetoric. And unlike many of his positions, if you look back through Donald Trump's public statements, this is one he's been fairly consistent on. But what Donald Trump doesn't seem to have an understanding for uh, is the role of Congress. And of course, the president has to sign a, uh, a, a treaty, but the role of the Congress is to advise and consent, just like with the Supreme Court nomination. The Senate gets to vote on a treaty, and uh, it will be very difficult for him to rip these uh, treaties up unilaterally, like he seems to uh, think. And uh, he won't be any more popular amongst uh, the congressional Republicans uh, now than he was uh, prior to being the presumptive nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that, I mean, the other thing is that on on the other side, Bernie Sanders is also, um, you know, not he he also wants to change trade deals. I mean, it's unlikely that he's going to win, but this seems to be a very big chord in uh, the American political scene right now, at least uh, to the the people that but that both Sanders and uh, Trump are appealing to. Well, and if you look last night, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump each got, uh, Donald Trump was a bit higher, but a, a large percentage of the electorate and won in Indiana. Sanders uh, quite uh, it was it was a surprise to uh, most observers and uh, they run in many they ran on many cases on many of the same issues you have a lot of voters who although their styles different and on many of the social issues they're completely uh, opposite from each other and obviously you know Donald Trump one of the richest people to uh, claim that self 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 identification of uh, his net worth but to run for president and Bernie Sanders a uh, you know the career public servant who isn't all that rich but they're actually definitely appealing to the same sort of voters. So if you know, if you had a Trump presidency and the Sanders wing of the Democratic Party take over the Congress, in that case, you could see them uh, work together in a strange way to tear up some of these trade deals. Well, is there a Sanders wing? I, I kind, of, kind of doubt that. Well, we're seeing, uh, you know, he, he's certainly not organized enough to, to, to be taking out incumbents like the Tea Party did for the nomination. So that's why the establishment Democrats are lucky. But they're certainly uh, growing, and they're going to have to keep their eyes on this, just like the Republicans failed to do with the Tea Party movement on the Sanders and Elizabeth Warrens, who are going to, uh, who are going to have a lot of sway, even if Hillary Clinton's to uh, win this nomination, which I think she certainly is and become president within uh, future nominating contests uh, on a more local level. Okay, Michael, let's take a call. We've got Margaret in Toronto. Hi, Margaret. Uh, yes, uh, good morning. Thank you. Excuse me. Thank you for accepting my uh, call. Uh, Libby, why, why did you ask the question if he would be a danger to Canada? Because he says he doesn't like the trade deal. Um, yeah, he does. The trade deal is a NAFTA North American, but it doesn't mean he's a danger. Every time a conservative in Canada, a Republican in in the United States, uh, a lot of you uh, begin to put fear. Uh, Donald Trump has got his heart and soul in America and Americans uh, much more than what. Uh, 
uh, liberal leaders, Trudeau and Obama, is what the world thinks of them. Your country has to come first. I uh, heard your uh, program about, you know, immigration. It's time we had people who founded and made these countries, the great countries that are, but liberal leaders are just taking all the countries down the drain to please other other countries and other world and the world. Well, Margaret, you know that the United States is our largest uh, trading partner. That's right. And we are there. I I, I think we are still their uh, largest trading partner. Mm-hmm. But but you know that's uh, that could change any day now. Uh, and, I don't think and so, Debbie. Canada, it's, and United States, and Britain are so uh, um, are close because all three countries were founded. Uh, they were pioneers. They took risks. They are the people who made these countries great. Yeah, but but, so but Margaret, the United he, States have a very close he relationship. Wants, we and have Donald Trump would only make it even uh, closer and I'm greater, not sure like about uh, that. Reagan did. No, I am not sure about that because uh, well, we have free trade like now. Him. Or somewhat free trade, and he wants to change that. He wants to bring. Not with Canada. He's talking about. He's talking about it in general. He's not talking about. I think. I think people like Obama and uh, and uh, Trudeau are, are 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 more. I I'm I'm in fear of both countries, but uh, people like them uh, than uh, Donald. Uh, uh, Trump. We have to have leaders like uh, Brian Mulroney, Reagan, uh, Trump. These are the people whose heart and soul is for the country that was founded by those people, and they want to keep it that okay, way. Okay, Margaret. 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 Thanks yes, for your call. Thank you. Okay, Michael. So she's saying, no, he doesn't mean Canada when he talks about changing trade deals and bringing back more protectionism. You know, if he's if he's talking about tearing up trade deals, he's definitely talking about one of the ones that uh, his wing of the American uh, political movement talk about most, and that's NAFTA, and that would have huge consequences for uh, uh, people and businesses here in Canada. So that's the North American free trade deal. It's with uh, Canada, uh, Mexico, and the United States. And you know, funny uh, that, that the caller did mention great leaders like Brian Mulroney and Ronald Reagan. Brian Mulroney, obviously the Prime Minister who brought in NAFTA, right. and uh, Ronald Reagan, not the president when NAFTA came in, but certainly uh, brought forward the, uh, the the close relationship to allow that free trade deal. Yeah, so that is, the, these positions are diametrically opposed. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we, we haven't really seen a Republican presidential candidate on this side of the ideological spectrum on, on trade deals since uh, Pat Buchanan in the 90s, and uh, uh, although he would have been an interesting president, and someone I have uh, admiration for in a way I do not for Donald Trump, uh, we, we we could say uh, he would not have been a good president for uh, Canadian taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, basically, to distill what you're saying, if I may, is that, uh, you know, Donald Trump, if he gets in, can huff and puff, but you don't think he would he would get that agenda through Congress? Would take a major overhaul of uh, the congressional uh, caucuses, and I don't think we'll see that, uh, especially with only one-third of the United States Senate up for re-election uh, in 2016. Okay, let's give out the numbers again, uh, if you want to sound off on Donald Trump and how uh, a Donald Trump presidency, wow, might affect Canada. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Now, one thing everybody's noticed about Trump in the last uh, weeks is that he's starting to sound, quote, more presidential. He's uh, not insulting people as much, though uh, he said... uh, 
complimentary things about Ted Cruz last night, but beforehand he kind of suggested that Cruz's father might have had something to do with the Kennedy assassination. So I don't know, Michael, what do you make of that? You know, we've seen this with uh, Trump time and again, where he called Ben Carson, almost accused him of being a predator towards children, and then gladly accepted his uh, his endorsement. We saw him call, you know, that little Marco, and he did not say very many nice things after that about Marco Rubio. And when Rubio got out of the race, he became positive. And, you know, it is traditional when, when candidates exit the race, other candidates who were their adversaries only moments before uh, say nice things about them. But we've never seen in a Republican primary Ronald Reagan said he had an 11th commandment, thou shalt not speak ill of another Republican. Donald Trump has not uh, respected that commandment any which way, so uh, his his, uh, praise of his former adversaries uh, is quite hollow. Okay, so, uh, but... uh the change in tone, do you think that's important? Yeah, I think we should watch not just the change in tone, but the change in tone, but the change in rhetoric. He's going to uh, start backpedaling. You know, it was a couple months ago that Donald Trump, who I personally, you know, uh, abortion is obviously a huge issue amongst Republican primary voters. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump has a history of being pro-choice. Uh, he got into this race, became pro-life. He was asked a question if uh, women who've had abortions should uh, face uh, legal consequences and punishment. He said yes, and then he backed away from that, and he's slowly backing further and further and further away from the pro-life position he adopted, and I think we're going to see that on a host of issues. He had to appeal to uh, Southern uh, and very conservative Republican elements, and now he's thinking to California, New Jersey. He doesn't have a contested primary anymore, but he's thinking to the general election, knowing he's going to have to change the map to win. Okay. Um, I think we have uh, some callers waiting, so we're going to just give that a shot because we don't have much time left. Hi there. Hi. Uh, who am I speaking to? You're speaking to Loy. Hi. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Donald Trump getting one step closer to becoming the Republican nominee? I can't wait for him to be. Pardon? I can't wait for him to be. And why is that? Because it seems to be a habit for people to try to badmouth people that will do good for the country and try to set them back and... If you study the dynamics of politics, any president or prime minister who will do good for a country, that's the one everybody always tend to cut to pieces. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump will be the one that will get rid of all the criminals and clean up the country. If we had Donald Trump here, this mess that you, was just, that you were just talking about on your talk show would have never happened with the refugees. I am ready for Donald Trump. Okay. And we're going to take one more call before we close this off. We've got Mark in Toronto. Hi, Mark. Hi. I just want to, um, I guess, allay the concerns of a lot of people, included, including probably yourself and, and your guest. Uh, there is no problem for Canada with Donald Trump. If you're interested in, uh, in the trade arrangement between Canada and the U.S., it's perfectly fine. If you listen to him carefully, his real problem are those deals that have affected American workers negatively. And it hasn't been the relationship with Canada in trade. That's been terrific for the U.S. We've done worse with that than they have. What's hit them hard is the relationship with Mexico and these other countries. So I can assure you 100% Canada is not going to suffer in terms of its trade relationship with the U.S. Okay, well, I'll hold you to that, Mark. Thanks for your call. Okay, um, so we are going to take a quick break. Michael Diamond, thank you so much for your expertise. Interesting, and uh, we're going to hear a lot more from Donald Trump. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.